Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods. Bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambler's not your problem. You're just an idiot. And we welcome you in to Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. Frank, you can find me on gambling Twitter at Undercover Greg. As it is a Monday night, you listen likely on a Tuesday at some portion of the Tuesday. And that means it's time for our NFL opening line report podcast. As we bring on WinBets, Joe Fan at Joe underscore Fan on Twitter. Shoot the podcast to follow at full underscore slate underscore pod as well. Our best buddy Alex manages that account and puts out some good content as always. Joe, good to have you aboard again. How you doing, my man? I'm doing well. How are you, sir? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well myself. And before we get to any of the lines for week nine, I do want to ask you about a little bit of a dilemma that I have uh, created for myself. Well, I guess suppose I didn't create it for me. Mother Nature did. And I'm curious how you would play this. So here's a situation. As I think you're aware, I grew up in the Philly area and I'm a big Philly sports fan. And now I work in Houston and I have a ticket. I have long planned to attend the Eagles and Texans Thursday night game at NRG Stadium. But with the postponement tonight in the World Series, that means that game five of the World Series will now be on Thursday between the Phillies and Astros, as opposed to Wednesday. And Thursday, the travel day that would have taken place on Thursday is now a game day. So knowing the stakes and knowing that it's my teams in both cases, I was wondering how you would play that. I didn't pay for the football game. I I had somebody hook me up with tickets. Uh, You still going to the game, or does it matter where we're at in the World Series by Thursday night? Not a chance I'm going to that football game. (laughs) Just... (laughs) 
Your Eagles are 13-point favorites. If that is even a remotely good game, you're going to be sick to your stomach because it means the Eagles are playing just terribly. Um, you know, it just depends how desperate you are to, to see the Eagles. And, and, yeah, they're a fun team, best team in football right now, still undefeated. But I, I just I can't fathom missing a second of a World Series game when your team's in it. Regardless of where the series stands at that point. Regardless of where the series stands at that point. Okay. Well, I've been asking a lot of people that question, and you certainly made your stance pretty clear. So I appreciate the input. What has the breakdown been? Uh, it's been mixed. I had somebody say go and leave at halftime because the Eagles are going to be up by so much. Um, I had other people say do the same thing. Um, and the only way you watch the whole game is if the Phillies are up 3-1 in the World Series and clinch or can clinch. And therefore, you don't go at all to the football game. So it seems like a lot of people like you're the first person that I've said, regardless of the situation with the World Series, don't go to the football game. Because I have gotten from a lot of people that, well, you planned out the football thing in advance. You should probably still go to some of it. So it's been a little mixed. But, um, you know, I, I'm still deciding how I'm going to play it. Got it. Well, I look forward to hearing uh, next week what you end up deciding. <laughs> All right. Well, without further further ado, uh, let's react first to what we just saw on Monday Night Football, as we like to always share a little Monday Night reaction uh, as we get started here early in the week. Cleveland really just uh, cuts the Bengals open, and Jacoby Brissett played a very good game. Cleveland outgains Cincinnati 440-229. to 229. Uh, surgical effort from Cleveland uh, really all throughout the, the game. And, Joe, I think this game says a little bit about both teams. One, I kind of felt Cleveland for most of the first half of the season was better than its record and, you know, was losing a lot of close games, let a game slip away early in the year against the Jets that it definitely shouldn't have lost. And then I also think that relative to other non-quarterbacks, Jamar Chase is one of the most valuable players in the National Football League. And I think a lot of people have had some questions about Zach Taylor's coaching acumen, despite the recent success of the Bengals. And a game like this maybe indicates why. So I think Cincinnati is definitely going to miss Chase. And, you know, it's interesting. The Browns uh, are a team that I feel like tonight's result maybe impacted a little bit about what they might do tomorrow at the trade deadline, had they lost, maybe they're looking to sell some more players off. But now at three and five, only a game behind the Bengals with a good AFC North division record, including a win over the Bengals. Maybe the Browns hang on and try and get back into the wild card mix. How did you see this game? That's just a pathetic performance from Cincinnati. I, you know, I get people were saying, all oh, the Browns was the easy choice. You go with the, the team that's lost, what, four straight, coming home against a, a division rival who's playing well without Jamar Chase at, and okay, maybe that the three and a half is a, is a good line <clears throat> as a home dog, but to, to get your ass kicked like that is um, pretty embarrassing from a Bengals team that it continues to be the same issues for them. They can't protect Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow certainly holding onto the football too long in this one. Um, and then there's just no vertical passing game. It's just horizontal. It's behind the line of scrimmage. Um, and then defensively, they were just as bad, allowing what six and a half yards per play. Uh, to the Browns. So, um, yeah, I think it was it was uh, certainly a moment where they're going to have to go home and look in the mirror and say, are we anywhere near what we were a year ago when we won the AFC? And I think the answer is pr 
pretty unequivocally no at this point. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think Cincinnati is kind of what their record says they are, 4-4, four and four, a 500 team, and uh, there's probably going to have to be a spurt at some point for Cincinnati to feel good about its playoff chances. Uh, do you read into anything from a Cleveland perspective here or just a bad game from Cincinnati and the Browns are still uh, just another sub-500 team? Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to be a team that's going to be competitive week to week. I mean, certainly the defensive pieces, you have Miles Garrett and some of the pieces they have in the secondary they're going to be tough. Nick Chubb, certainly, if he gets going, if you can't stop, stop Nick Chubb, and he's gaining first, you know, first down yardage of, you know, five, six yards a carry, you're going to be in a tough spot because Jacoby Brissett's normally pretty good at taking care of the football. So, for the, by and large, they will make you beat them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's hard to forget just a couple of weeks ago, this was the team that got beat at home 38-15, to 15, just embarrassed by the Patriots. So, uh, yeah, right. I think – um, you know, this it, they sort of are who they are as well, where, yeah, competitive, sure, going to be a tough beat on a week-to-week basis, but um, not necessarily a team that, that I'm looking at real seriously compared to, you know, other, you know, contenders in the conference. All right, well, let's go from the AFC North to the NFC North, where I want to start our Week 9 opening line report, where we just kind of highlight some of the games that uh, maybe are piquing my interest a little bit more. I want to start in Chicago, where the Bears are a five-point underdog at WinBet against the Miami Dolphins. And I'm more so interested in terms of what you think about where Miami's at coming from behind yesterday to beat Detroit. Uh, and, and certainly, I do think the last couple games for the Bears, at least their offense, has shown a little more uh, you know, life, particularly with their ground game. Uh, but we did see the Bears in recent weeks, or recent days, excuse me, trade away a pair of their, you know, star defenders, really, and Roquan Smith today and Robert Quinn last week. What do you make of the Bears just seemingly looking like an NFL team on offense recently? And then also, from a Miami standpoint, was yesterday's offensive showing in Detroit a sign that Tua Tagovailoa at full health is back to kind of that early season humming that the Dolphin offense was doing? I mean, really, when Tua's been on the field, he's been productive. And all the advanced metrics show it. Uh, certainly Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle have been immensely productive. Um, you know, I, I think I stay away from this because I don't know what trajectory the Bears are on right now. I mean, they, you know, they've they've certainly been competitive the last two weeks. They kicked the Patriots' ass two weeks ago on Monday night in Foxborough, which was really impressive. And they continue to to produce offensively um, with Khalil Herbert leading the way rushing. But, but Justin Fields... Much more productive in the passing game. I think they're doing a better job of getting him out of the pocket. Um, you know, after watching what Detroit's offense did against Miami, moving the ball so effortlessly, five five points is a lot uh, to, to give up on the road. Um, but but if I had to play, I would probably lean Miami just because I, I don't know if I'm sold yet on the Bears. And a defense that's trading away pieces now having to stop um, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill to me doesn't doesn't feel like a team I, I feel comfortable betting on. All right, let's go to the Motor City where the Detroit Lions, who we just finished talking about their Week Eight opponent, the Miami Dolphins. Detroit hosts Green Bay. Green Bay three point favorites on win bet total in this game of fifty. And Joe, I, you know I know they were able to cover late yesterday against the Bay, the Bills, excuse me, but Green Bay falls to three and five. You know Minnesota wins yesterday, and you know you look around the rest of the NFC and and Green Bay just falls back into that sub 500 wild card mix a little bit further and so 
I, I ask you this, how broken are the Packers? Maybe they make a wide receiver move at the deadline and, and perhaps, you know, get right against the Lions and, and get back in the win column. You know, I'm really interested more so into your thoughts on the Packers here than the Lions. Yeah, I think you'd hope it's a get-right game for the offense, but as bad as the offense has been, people are sort of losing sight of how bad the defense has been. A defense that we all expected to be one of the best in football has been anything but this year. So, um, yeah, I, I guess I would lean Packers in the game. They just have to win. I mean, they've lost four in a row now, and it's it's been ugly for most of it. Um, you know, but... God, I don't know how you can do it confidently, no matter who they're playing. I guess this, you feel you feel better about them going against a defense that is projected to be quite literally the worst of all time. They ranked dead, you know, Lions ranked dead right. last, yards allowed and points allowed. So my gut says Packers. I'll probably stay away just because I don't know if I want to lose more money on the Packers this year. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, it, it's a it's amazing. It's only three, you know, given right. that's the state of the Packers right now. All right, a game that has kind of become interesting because of the recent resurgence from the team in the nation's capital is Minnesota traveling to Washington where the commanders all of a sudden have won three in a row. And it seems like at least in the short term, they've accomplished their goal of jolting the offense a bit with the quarterback change from Carson Wentz to Taylor Heineke. They have the Vikings who seemingly always pull games out where you look at the way the game played out and felt like, oh, you know, they were maybe lucky to, slide by and and they did a similar one and covered the short three and a half point number against Arizona in Minneapolis yesterday. Three point favorites here are the Vikings on the road, a total of 43 and a half. I guess the question is uh, how real do you buy the quote unquote resurgence from the commanders? And if you do, are they a live underdog here? Man, Taylor Heineke, what he does in the first half compared to the second half, particularly in the fourth quarter, is, is pretty bizarre. Um, you know, where, where I have faith in the Vikings and I'm starting to buy in is they um, their offensive tackles have been tremendous and their defensive line has been tremendous. And so, um, you know, Zadarius Smith has been a huge addition. Um, you know, I, I just don't believe that Washington is that good. And maybe just Taylor Heineke continues to pull rabbits out of his hat and that's just how it is. Um, but, uh, but yeah, dude, I, I don't know, man. I'm like trying to give you something more than just wishy-washy analysis, but I, I just feel like outside of the top, what, six, eight teams in the league and the Vikings are in that group right now. Certainly they only have one loss, but I just know I'm going to roll with Vikings. I can tell you right now, and they're going to lose to the Taylor Heineke led commanders, because that's just sort of how this season has gone, at least kind of the way of the land in the NFL, right? At least in terms of what my reads have been. But I think the Vikings are good enough in the trenches on both sides of the football to trust here. All right. Another game in the one o'clock Eastern, 12 o'clock Central window that now becomes sneaky interesting based on the way both of these teams are trending. It's the L.A. Chargers going to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. Los Angeles returning from its bye week. Atlanta in first place in the NFC South at four and four. And I believe the win here could already go over its season win number, which I think a lot of books hung at four and a half going into the year. But Joe, I'm just curious when you look at these two teams, you see a Chargers team that is underachieved and obviously is dealing with injuries. And you see a Falcon team that 
seems to always play hard and competes for Arthur Smith. And, you know, we'll get to San Francisco, I'm sure, later on. But San Francisco, excuse me, San Francisco on a bye week. But they really cut open the 49ers, did the Falcons a few weeks ago. And so I guess what I'm saying is, are you buying at all what we're seeing from Atlanta? And if so, then given what we've seen from the Chargers, confident enough to lay three points with the Chargers in a cross-country road trip here. Yeah, there's just not a chance I'm I'm laying three with a road Chargers team. I don't care if they've had a week off, a month off, three months off. Um, I've seen enough from them to feel like they are fraudulent. And this is, I, I'm a guy who every year I sell myself on the Chargers going into the year. And um, they have been really bad. I mean, last time we saw them, they were getting embarrassed by the Seahawks at home. So, yeah, the Falcons are, they're three and one so far at home. Their one loss at home was in week one against the Saints, a game they really should have won, had in control the entire way. Um, and yeah, I think you expect points here, but the Chargers are going to be without Mike Williams. Keenan Allen probably plays in this game, but who knows for how long. I mean, he's just so brittle at this point in his career, which is unfortunate to see, but it just, it's just the reality. Um, yeah, if, if I go anywhere, it'll be Falcons here um, yeah. or, or put them into a teaser and get the full 10 points at home. Yeah, that's actually a good point about Atlanta maybe being a teaser. Like, it's hard to really see the Chargers blowing the doors off Atlanta on the road, even though the Chargers are coming out of a bye week. Last game I want to get to in the early window uh, is in the AFC East, where you see Buffalo going to MetLife to take on the New York Jets. And, Joe, the reason I wanted to touch on this game was because the point spread is very high at 13 for the Bills landed on the road in a total of 47 and a half. And when I see this number, I initially thought, well, gee, are the Jets being booked as if they are the Jets of years past? Uh, or is there some Buffalo tax going on here? Or maybe a little bit of both. And the reason I say that is because I don't know that while they did lose yesterday and Zach Wilson has not looked good at all. I don't know that it's fair to the Jets to say that they are still just the same old Jets because they're still five and three. And. I think going to at least be in contention for a wild card in the AFC most of the second half of the year. So I'm just curious in terms of what your read is on how both of these teams are viewed in the odds makers eyes. Yeah, I think it's a Buffalo tax. I mean, I just don't think they're going to give you any sort of value. And as you saw, I mean, Sunday's a perfect example. I mean, they are dominating the Packers and they play with their food for two quarters. Josh Allen has a couple of bad picks and then, you know, Green Bay finds a way to get inside the number. And so, you know, you look at that uh, Sunday is another great example with New York. You know, they're able to put up some garbage time numbers, garbage time points. They, they end up losing by five uh, to New England, um, you know, despite going on this run where they couldn't score any points basically since the beginning of the second quarter. I think they will fight for Robert Sala. I, I think the number is probably perfect. Um, you know, the Bills tax makes sense because when they're humming, that offense is is truly unstoppable. Um, but, yeah, if you if you take anything from that game on Sunday, and maybe that's something that they won't do again. You know, you say, hey, Josh Allen's got a bad taste in his mouth, threw a couple of picks. It wasn't his best game. They let the Packers sort of hang around, even though it didn't really get that dicey. It was a 10-point game, and they covered the spread. So, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a number out of void, um, but I understand why it's that high. 
All right, let's go to the late games where uh, your Seahawks go to the desert to take on the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona at win bet, a one-and-a-half-point favorite, high total of 50 in this game. Uh, and, Joe, I think of all the overachievers so far in the NFL, Atlanta, Seattle, both New York teams. Uh, you can even throw Washington, I guess, into that mix now. Um, I think Seattle has the most staying power. I just look at what they've done offensively. And at a certain point, you have to say this is who they are, and, and they're going to able, be able to keep scoring points. And I certainly have a lot of respect for Pete Carroll and his coaching acumen. So, you know, at the same time, when I see a line like this, I don't love running to the window with the underdog that has the better record. So I'll probably pass this game uh, because, again, I, I just feel like sportsbooks don't give out free money, and they're not just saying here's the – better team getting points. So I, I don't have much of a feel for how I would bet this game, but I figured you'd have some thoughts on it. What do you think? Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins certainly changes the dynamic of it. You know, when they met a couple of weeks ago and Seattle really dominated that game at home, Arizona's offense didn't find the end zone. Um, I don't know how much of that game you say, okay, well, that's just going to translate and happen again. Now that DeAndre Hopkins is back. I mean, he's still, you know, I, I saw he ranks third of the team in receiving and he's only played in two games so far. Um, which is just, it goes to show you how sorely they missed him. The Cardinals are a mess. I mean, if when in doubt, bet on the Cardinals to trip over themselves in the moment of truth. Um, but I'm also sort of staying away. The Seahawks almost feel too hot to, to win four in a row and then go on the road and, and beat the Cardinals. It's not to say they can't, but I'm sort of with you. Like, let's just watch it and see what happens. Um, I agree with you that, that Seattle has staying power, certainly in the NFC, um, uh, you could argue that they're the third best team in the NFC. Sure. Um, you know, maybe fourth at worst if you're going to throw Minnesota and Dallas ahead of them, and then obviously the Eagles. But you're right. The offense has been good enough at this point. The offensive line with the rookie tackles has been good enough at this point to bank on them scoring points. Um, and the defense over the last three weeks has been the best in football. They've gone from one of the worst defenses in all of football through four weeks, uh, or five weeks, sorry. And the last three, they've been absolutely lights out. Uh, number one in terms of defensive DVOA over those three weeks. That includes a game at home again against those Cardinals. So, um, yeah, it's it's very tempting to take to take the plus money on the money line or or get the the point in the hook um, against a, a team they'd already beaten. But um, yeah, it just feels a little fishy to me, and I will probably just kind of avoid. Yeah, no, definitely some agreement there on that game in the desert. Uh, let's get to the final late afternoon game, and then we'll hit the prime times. Joey, have a pair of underachieving teams with aging quarterbacks and bad offensive lines with the L.A. Rams and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we certainly think that these teams could be busy in the next 12 to 16 hours or so as we approach the trade deadline. And I'm talking about, obviously, the Rams and Bucks and their offensive lines that I said really needing upgrades the Rams I think could also use another skill player whether that be a running back with Cam Akers seemingly falling out of favor there and you know really the wide receiving group if Odell Beckham Jr. is not going to come back and be a Ram again if he's even going to play this year they could probably use another wide receiver next to Cooper Cup so I, I think the bottom line is both these offenses need a, a shot in the arm and they're going to play each other though on Sunday so I guess when we look at this, these numbers, Rams, a three-point road dog, total of 42 and a half. 
I almost feel like I would just blindly take the dog because I don't want to lay points with either one of these teams at the moment. Uh, I'm curious, maybe is this just the type of game where you're, if you are to bet the side, it's which team do you have fewer concerns about? Oh, man. Yeah, you basically just stole exactly what I would say. It's just take the points. I'll probably just take Rams money line and just say it's going to be a heinous football game to watch. I'm not sure either of them will win. It could be a tie. It, it would, I mean, it's <laughs> both quarterbacks. I mean, Tom Brady, the, the passing yards have, have been there. He can't find the end zone. They're one of the worst teams in the red zone in all of football. Matthew Stafford looks cooked. They have no running game. Um both these teams have no running game, for that matter. Uh, the offensive line is struggling to block. Um, they just got Cooper Cup banged up, and he should play, but but still, um, yeah, I uh, I uh, I just can't I can't fathom laying points with the Bucks in this game. So just give me the Rams, I guess. But uh, you know, yeah, I guess I'll just yeah, Rams at plus money. Final answer in what I a game I'll probably try to just avoid. <laughs> God, not the best late afternoon window on Sunday, is it? Oh, I think that's what's hard is like I go through these slates every week and I'm like, man, there just really aren't that many games you're really fired up about because, you know, unless the Bills or Chiefs are playing the Eagles and Cowboys or, you know, I mean, the, the, the Titans are one of the best teams. Well, the Titans are the third, fourth. Yeah. Fifth best team in the AFC. They're 12 point. I know we're going to get to that right now. They're 12 point underdogs yeah. on the road yeah. in Kansas City. So it's. But- I don't know, man. It's hard to put together a marquee matchup given yeah, how. Yeah, it's a great point, and and let's get to it. Sunday night football at Arrowhead, and and I think this is also a tax, like we talked about with Buffalo. You have Andy Reid coming off of a bye, which you know a lot of gamblers know is a very profitable trend over the last twenty years of Andy Reid's head coaching career, uh, and you have a total here of forty six and a half at WinBet, and you do have a Titan team that continues to win football games, and obviously. It was, you know, calling it a football game might be kind of nice what that was yesterday between the Titans and Texans. But nonetheless, uh, the Titans are winning in a division in which the other three teams, Indianapolis, Jacksonville and Houston, seem to be allergic to winning. And so I think the Titans are a decent team. You know, I, I don't think they're world beaters and they're certainly not in Kansas City or Buffalo's class, but. You know, maybe they're not even in Baltimore or Miami's class if you're talking about the next tier in the AFC. But there's a level of respect that I will give them based on the fact that, you know, Mike Vrabel was the reigning coach of the year. They were the one seed in the AFC. They've been to an AFC championship game recently. And so I ask you, much the same way we talked about with Buffalo and the Jets, is it just a tax on Kansas City who, along with Buffalo, just appears to be head and shoulders above the rest of the AFC? Yeah, I think this is, and I, I would sort of lean Titans. I think to me, the Titans are nothing if not competent. And uh, they're one of the most well-coached teams in all of football. They've got a defensive line that is stout. Jeffrey Simmons is one of the most unsung stars in, in the entire league, really. Um, and I just kind of, I, I could see them hanging around. They just don't really strike me as a team that's that's going to get blown out. Now I said that, now I say that and they got smoked by Buffalo 41 seven earlier this year, but they've also won five straight. And so, um, yeah, I think they could find a way to muck it up enough to hang around again. All you gotta do is, is backdoor the 12. And when it's 12, yeah, the back door is always open. So I, I don't know. I usually try to stay away from, from numbers this big, but, um, you know, if I had to, I would go with Titans. 
And lastly, on this game, I guess maybe if you want to plug your nose and take the Titans, you wait and make sure Ryan Tannehill can come back, right? Sure. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. All right, let's wrap up Monday Night Football on Bourbon Street as the New Orleans Saints host the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore, a three-point road favorite at Winbet, a total of 48.5. Baltimore, Joe, certainly a busy team with the acquisition of Roquan Smith today. They're going to pair him with Patrick Queen in the middle of the field on defense and really be tough to uh, operate on uh, east to west as you figure those two guys will be covering a lot of the field. And you also look at the Ravens getting some other players back uh, in the near future. It seems like Tyus Bowser might return to their defense soon. Uh, David Ojabu, young kid out of Michigan, seems to be getting closer. Uh, So getting some reinforcements on defense, it does seem like Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman uh, might miss this game. Certainly Bateman and maybe Andrews as well. So Baltimore's a team that's interesting to me because I think by the end of the year they're going to be there and maybe emerge as a pretty clear number three in the AFC, um, you know, ahead of Miami and Tennessee. We'll just have to see how that plays out. But as far as this game, as I said, I don't know that Baltimore is there yet. They do have extra time to prepare coming off the mini buy, having played on Thursday. And then you look at New Orleans and say, okay, they won 24 nothing. There are some big name marquee players on the Saints roster when you're looking at teams that could get right in the NFC South, I don't think the Saints are a horrible bet in the second half. So I kind of agree with this number being kind of short and the Saints having a chance. But I don't know that I want to run to the window to back the Saints either. How do you see Monday Night Football? Man, I guess I have just a bad read for all of it because I, mean, I thought the Raiders were going to put up a fight against the Saints and they just got embarrassed uh, on Sunday. Um you know, the Saints have scored at least 24 points in five straight games. They have just two wins to show for it. So with Andy Dalton, that offense has moved the football. Uh, Alvin Kamara finally starting to break out, has had his first real big game, just at least in terms of finding the end zone against the Raiders. Um, where are the Ravens? Yeah, they sort of just kind of feel like they're hanging out. Um, and are they going to have the big breakout performance when their best skill players are banged up? Um, I don't know, you know, how much of an immediate impact does Roquan Smith make? I don't know. So this to me feels like the number is perfect and I'll probably skip this one um, and just kind of watch and see how it goes. Yeah, I, I think that's that's well said. I, I think you can definitely talk me into either side here and that usually means I don't want either one. So um, on that note, I guess that'll just about wrap things up for us on another opening line report here on Full Slate. Again, he's Joe at, at Joe underscore fan on Twitter. Shoot our podcast to follow at full underscore slate underscore pod. And I'm at undercover Greg on gambling Twitter as well. Joe, appreciate your time as always and enjoy the week that is coming up. First week of November. We're moving right along here. Holidays will be here before we know it. Sounds good, man. You have a great week. We'll talk to you uh, next week. You bet. Again, he's Joe Fan. I'm Greg Frank. That is going to wrap things up for us here on Full Slate. Everybody enjoy your weeks. Alex and I will be back with a full NFL Week 9 Picks pod. And until then, we'll talk to you later. Again, this has been another edition of Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. Thanks to all for tuning in. And, of course, please play responsibly.